Hello and welcome to another episode of the Philosophy Guy podcast. Brendan Weber here, your host. So today we are going to examine the philosophy of the forever famous cult classic, The Big Lebowski. So in other words, today we're going to contemplate dude philosophy. And The Big Lebowski, I think it's a work of art. It's a wonderful film. And it also just happens to be a great work of philosophy. So the film even has it even has its own holiday, and it's called The Day of the Dude. So, I mean, this is what the podcast is about, right? It's examining pop culture works of philosophy. So you guys seem to you guys seem to enjoy me going back and doing some of these very popular, well known and uh, deep films that kind of they do kind of have a cult following. And uh, The Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, I did an episode on that about a month back, and it's performing very well, so I thought it was time to do another one of these. So I thought I should give the people what they want and the the listeners what they want. So today's classic is on The Dude. But first, uh, we're going to dive into my little self-advertisement that I do every episode. But I would like to say thank you to my listeners for your continued thoughts, feedback, and listening. It's because of you the this show continues to grow and continues to live on. So you help inspire me to, to keep making these episodes and help achieve my goal of making philosophical ideas and discussions applicable to a wider range of people. Inspire me to to help people think about things with new perspectives and also just using pop culture as well to kind of help connect those ideas. So if you'd like to support the show in more tangible ways, you can visit my Patreon page where you can gain access to more content and full-length episodes. The full-length episodes are only a dollar per month, not per episode. So even this small monthly contribution not only means a lot to me, but it lets me know how much you appreciate uh, what I'm trying to do, and plus you get a little content out of it. So you can also use the Amazon link to make purchases through that. And I also recently started writing and uh, write various philosophical ideas on the platform Medium, where I've started a philosophy publication to kind of go hand-in-hand hand with this podcast. So if you read my articles, share them, and hit that little clap button, that helps me as well. But otherwise, please just subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, leave me your feedback. And you can find all of those links in, to kind of do all that stuff in the description below. get into the dude and the philosophy of the dude. So I'm sympathetic to the dude. I too sometimes just think, you know, sometimes you have to live and let live, dude. Or I find myself saying or thinking, man, that dude just needs to needs to chill the fuck out, right? See, for the dude, the meaning of life is to, well, live it. To Leave the worries on one side, so to speak. And on the other, just let loose and say, fuck it, let's go bowling. You can insert any really pointless activity, really, that you fancy in that In that, let's go do whatever. So in my case, I would say watching the Green Bay Packers. Usually, not this reason, I suppose, but I, I take great pleasure in watching the Packers win. 
But what does this really do? What does this do for for me? Is it helping my career? Is the Packers winning necessary for me to live a, a good life? No, but sometimes you get to the point in life, or I do at least, and I think many others, where you just have to say, fuck it, let's watch some football, right? It's kind of a, a little stress reliever. It's a form of meditation almost. And for the dude, it happens to be bowling, and I think that's what the film's trying to get at in that sense. See, the Big Lebowski isn't commenting on one idea, really, and that's the other point I want to get across, because we'll dive into a couple things. I mean, it even takes contradictory stands that we, we will try to get into, but, but it's a fun, funny, inter, inter, interesting, and uh, deep film. Exactly what we love to examine on this podcast, right? See, Jeff Bridges, is I think he's, he's the actor of the dude, Jeff Lebowski, and he is perfectly cast as the anti-hero, Jeffrey Lebowski. Maybe this is just me, but throughout the film, I think you know, he kind of seems like a cool dude, right? Laid back, yet, you know, kind of tries to do the right thing. Anyway, I feel like I kind of, you know, you want to be more like the dude in a sense. Sometimes, maybe more than than is uh, beneficial because he's not exactly having a prosperous career as we witness. But the laid-back approach of the dude is something to analyze. So how many films open with a guy buying a carton of milk by writing a 69-cent check? That's To me, that's filmography gold. It makes it so memorable. They use these little little points of the film to make it a memorable film, which is maybe that's why it has this cult classic, and maybe it is the philosophical... Uh, undertones throughout the film. Anyway, the dude himself answers to the dude or his dudeness, duder or el duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, as he says in the film. But first, before we kind of dive into more of the deeper philosophy side of things, I'm going to provide you some exposition. So some review of the plot for the film to help kind of keep track as I go through the philosophy. So you have the dude. Jeff Lebowski, he was mistaken for a millionaire Lebowski, a millionaire version of Lebowski. Then two thugs urinate on his rug to coerce him into paying a debt he knows nothing about. So while attempting to gain recompense for the the ruined rug from his wealthy counterpart, he accepts a one-time job with a high payoff. He enlists the help of his bowling buddy, Walter, who is the Vietnam vet buddy with anger issues, See, this one simple misunderstanding leads to trouble for the dude's lifestyle, who just wants a rug to tie the room together, man. And everyone from a porn empire to nihilist wants something from the man who calls himself the dude. So at first glance, and upon many analysis of the film, it seems... The Big Lebowski kind of covers your typical postmodern theories, you know, kind of just scratching the surface at it, right? Destroying the idea of meta narratives, or maybe better put as the end of meta narratives. I mean, this, it makes sense, and, it, and I think it does have those overtones within it, but it's a Coen Brothers film, so that wouldn't be a surprising, wouldn't be surprising either. So, Seemingly asking the question, do we have an overarching 
ideas about plans or purposes for human life. That's what the film kind of asks. You know, what is what is life's meaning? See, the film takes place during a time where the U.S. was facing Saddam Hussein, who was referred to as that camel fucker in Iraq, in the words of Walter Sabotnik, a crazy, the crazy Vietnam vet, like I mentioned, that's still living in a mindset of Vietnam, and he's played by John Goodman, which is, I think, another perfect cast for that character. But if you go back and watch with a philosophical eye, I think you will notice many references to some non-postmodern thought. The film even goes, I think, out of its way to provide some criticism for nihilism. And, I, you know, nihilism and postmodernism are not one of the same, but I think it does take an interesting little critique of nihilism itself. You know, and nihilism isn't overtly discussed in Hollywood blockbuster films often. It's more so left to indie films, I would say. And I think this at first was kind of an indie film, but now it's more of like a blockbuster hit. But, you know, Crazy Walter, who considered himself a, a convert to Judaism, dismisses nihilism's anti-creed with a very blunt and kind of insightful take. He says, nihilist? Fuck me. National socialism? At least it's, it's an ethos. So even Walter, who is stuck in the mindset of Vietnam, as I mentioned already, notes that this is not Nam. There are rules. It's kind of a little subtle critique of nihilism that's, you know, it, it kind of just shows that sprinkle effect of philosophy throughout the film. See, the dude himself comments on nihilism when he says, ah, well, that must be exhausting when he's at the poolside uh, in the, mil- the, the millionaire version of Lebowski's poolside and the, the nihilist is in the pool. He's commenting on the idea of not believing in anything, hinting at the, the conscious effort that it would take to not care about anything. And I would say that's a fair point to say. So these little subtle critiques of nihilism integrated. Now we know Joel and Ethan Cohen love to integrate philosophy into their work, where their recent uh, Hail Caesar integrates kind of Roman philosophy as well. So the film often comments on how the dude is just the guy for his time, which can seemingly be seen on commentary for the 90s that was just about to experience an industrial boom saying that maybe society needs more people like the dude, someone who thinks a bit differently from the norm, and, well, kind of just lives, lives life as it comes. See, the dude, he isn't so much a a postmodernist, but maybe more so a stoic. The Big Lebowski is a kind of big stoic. Do you like that little cringeworthy plan words there? (laughs) The film is kind of a popular for the dude's attitude on life, laid back, which is demonstrated in the opening scene where the stranger with a, with a Nietzsche-like mustache is narrating, the tumbleweed represents the dude's view on life. Just go with the flow, man. Which I think can be interpreted as a very stoic take. See, if you didn't know, Ethan Cohen earned a bachelor's degree in philosophy from Princeton. He never skips an opportunity to integrate his philosophical knowledge into his work. I mean, the dude filled with a strong uh, dosage of Stoic, or sorry, Socratic irony. Take this bearded, slightly overweight dude, well-liked by his friends, 
who uses bowling as a form of meditation. With a resigned approach to life, he's not really Socrates. See, the dude's philosophy isn't that the unexamined life is not worth living, as Socrates famously proclaimed in Plato's work. It's a more stoic approach to life. Dude, just live and let live, man. That type of mindset. So I'll obviously, I want to unpack that claim a little bit more. So you have the dude. Now, think about the plot of the film again. Now, Stoicism can be essentially summed up as a philosophy on how to face adversity. Take on adversity with a sense of calm. Does this sound like the dude's attitude? He is, he is constantly put in odd, stressful situations, but just goes through it with a sense of calm and control. He grabs himself a white Russian and just goes, man, things are complicated. Whatevs. What's next? You see, he just keeps on being the dude. Instead of pushing his life where he wants to go, he kind of just allows himself to be pulled. He just wants peace and stability, man. As he says, life goes on, man. The dude lives a very passive life. He doesn't have family and seemingly doesn't want one when the crazy art lady that's uh, sister, the daughter of the millionaire Lebowski, the lady has sex with him to have his child purely because she knows he will want no part of it. He doesn't work or seek a job. He does. Tr- he doesn't try to act macho. He doesn't try to demonstrate his masculinity onto onlookers. Other, more aggressive characters seem to think of him as a loser. But besides Stoicism, the dude seems spiritual in a sense, related to a kind of Buddhist philosophical mindset. Kind of just just letting go. See, for Stoicism, it teaches that in order to live a good life, we have to understand our natural order. Ask ourselves, what can we control? Things happen outside of our control. Sometimes we have to step back and say, well, the only thing I can control in the uncontrollable is my reaction to the uncontrollable. The dude himself acts like a good stoic. You see, consider the beginning of the film. The dude is met with two angry mobsters in his apartment. They push his head into a toilet bowl and demand, where's my money? Where's the money, Lebowski? Maybe a hint of stoicism in his response. The dude says, it's it's down there somewhere. Let Let me take another look. See, stoicism tells us that you know sometimes people get, they get too caught up in the race of life, the future, stressing about the uncontrollable, saying, you know what? Sometimes we just gotta live in the now. The dude emulates a lazy man, yet a laid back lazy man, a laid back lazy man who seems... Well, he seems he seems happy. The dude is enjoying the present, just saying, fuck it, let's go bowling, not thinking anxiously upon the future. See, the dude presents a viewpoint of content with his life, even though it doesn't seem luxurious in the words of the dude, bowl, drive around, and the occasional acid flashback, as he says in the film. He's living in the present, being content with his lot in life, being a stoic to his bones. See, this is seemingly taken straight from Seneca and his view of the wise man. 
which is one who is content with his lot, whatever it may be, without wishing for what he has not. The dude's life centers around the bowling league he's in. Maybe the one misstep in his stoicism is his constant worry about the rug. The entire film, he's more worried about replacing a rug that tied the room together than getting his reward money for doing a package drop-off. But it's a film. I'm just presenting what the film is obviously hinting at, and I think that's stoicism. The film doesn't present a perfect ethos of stoicism, but it undoubtedly is heavily riddled with it. See, this film provides something else interesting. I think we've noticed a, a common postmodern take throughout deep films and pop culture entertainment, and that's okay. I, I enjoy those takes. But some philosophical ideas are best presented in a format of art. See, I'd say look at the existential philosophers like Albert Camus and Satra, where arguably their most famous work is in play format. You know, in, in other words, it's in art format, right? So some philosophy, I think, is best demonstrated using our senses and perceptions. Like in the case of the dude. You just have to observe this man to then learn to respect this man. See, the dude is content. Sure, you might call him a lazy bum, but doesn't he seem happy? How many very successful people do you know or have you heard of that just feel absolutely miserable or you can observe them appearing absolutely miserable? Maybe some of, maybe some of them um, just need a little, little dose of the dude philosophy. You have to experience the dude because it kind of goes beyond our rationale for what good and rational choices are in a sense. Because the dude's mindset, you know, when you think about it rationally, you know, does that give you a good career? Does that give you the good job and all the good toys and the material things? No, not really. But then again, in the words of the dude, yeah, well, uh, that's just like your opinion, man. But, you know, sometimes you just need to observe. The dude doesn't, doesn't have a complete philosophy. His own inner philosophy on life, his, his own stoicism is challenged in the film. Walter kind of acts like his counter voice in his head. The anger that, something, that sometimes comes out, you know. The dude is still capable of anger. Like when he says to Walter, You are not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. The dude is tempted to depart from his inner intentions by Walter and in, in being swayed to keep the money. He's tempted by the thought of easy money. But in the pursuit, he further finds himself experiencing things that are out of his control. And then in the case of this film, he sometimes finds himself in the hands of nihilist. See, the end of the film almost fully identifies itself, itself with stoicism. There's no grand triumph for the film. No ending that explains everything or why it matters. The film further explains the dude's philosophy in the end of the film. The dude didn't really secure anything external, anything material. It was out of his control. He officially lost his beloved rug that tied the room together. His, his place actually got destroyed as well. After all that he faced... A final fight in all. The dude returns to his life of drinking white Russians in suburban LA. Just saying, fuck it dude, let's go bowling. But I think out of this film, most of all, I think we have to remember, the dude abides. Thanks for listening, 
And I hope you tune in next time. Thanks.